When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is Henry Diltz, and you're listening to Rock and Roll Archaeology. History in Five Songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Hello there. Welcome back again to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff. Um, today we're going to look at something that is uh, a bit of a corollary episode to one we had earlier um, looking at Led Zeppelin in hair metal. Um, this one we're just going to call Dirty Hair Metal. Uh, now, this is a term that I think I might have come up with. I know it's something I've been railing on about uh, for years um, as a concept. I, I kind of like this idea. Um, you know, so I've, I've had it in many of my books. And uh, and actually, a faithful uh, listener, Kip Massey, um, suggested that I do an episode on this. I was always going to. It was in my list. Um, but yes, thanks, Kip. Uh, and here we are, and we are going to look at it. So... Dirty Hair Metal, History in Five Songs. So before we get to the songs, what am I talking about here? So I consider this idea of dirty hair metal, the idea of hair metal trying to save itself from itself uh, earlier before um, a, as a preamble, uh, knowing maybe what's coming down the pipes, maybe just being uh, getting uh, self-disgusted with what was going on in hair metal, all the all the glam and the makeup and the misogyny and the materialism and all this, and this sort of kiddie sound that, uh, you know, loosely derives from earlier hair metal, such as, say, Twisted Sister and Kiss and, I don't know, early Motley or whatever, um, Quiet Riot, you know, Bang Your Head and all that kind of stuff. So basically, we know that in 1991, there was a wholesale shift and grunge took over and basically killed the idea of hair metal. Well, earlier on, there was this idea to try to, quote unquote, get more real, um, to, to save itself, like I say, hair metal, save itself from itself. Now, before we get into our first song, you know, I, I want to say that as a little bit of a preamble to this, um, the arrival of the Finnish band Hanoi Rocks uh, into town, into L.A., we all know how that ended. There was the tragic death of, of Razzle. Um, you know, in a car with Vince Neil. Uh, but essentially, Hanoi Rocks was a band that predated hair metal, um, but they were very glammed up, and they did have their one big album, Two Steps from the Move, that came out on a major label, CBS, uh, in 1984. And, you know, it was marked by, you know, they looked very glam, but they were coming from Finland. They were coming from a different oeuvre, uh, so to speak. There was a little bit of punk rock to their background, definitely a lot of New York dolls. But, you know, Mike Monroe, had this sort of shouty Mick Jagger-esque uh, kind of voice. 
So there's there's one sort of instance of something different is going on here. Another instance, you got to give credit to Motley Crue, really, because uh, you know they 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 notice this. You know they are they are sort of a self recognizing band, but they are they are right when you know Nikki talks about the transition between uh, Theater of Pain to Girls 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 in the look, especially you know all of that that pink and white and uh you know just the the super glam look over to the gritty uh you know here we are uh with our with our motorcycles and it's all black and white photography and we're looking really gritty and grungy sort of look now i'm not going to pick any motley Crue songs for our history and five songs of this um because i don't think they really changed their sound throughout but granted you know they always did have a dirty gritty sound so in a in a sense motley Crue was kind of always dirty hair metal um they always kind of stood apart as a little bit different from you know where hair, hair metal got way too glammy with the likes of poison and cinderella and winger and warrant and the big big huge shiny sound of the likes of slaughter uh, kick Tracy was your baby slaughter um, there was that whole thing going on um, so yeah so to get into it um, you know with this show what we do is we we you know we uh, explain the history of a concept uh, using just five songs so for our first song I'm gonna pick something by Faster Pussycat this is called Smash Alley take a listen <laughs> Okay, so Smash Alley, Faster Pussycat, what you're hearing here is, um, you know, a band is coming along right in the thick of hair metal. Now, the name of the band, Faster Pussycat, is just way too glammy a band to be considered dirty hair metal. But the sound, Tamey Dan with his, you know, slightly off kilter, uh, you know, a little bit out of tune uh, vocals. Uh, they've got this sort of dirty, almost rockabilly feel to it. The open hi-hat sound. They are a little bit different right off the right off the bat and you know this is pre guns and roses we're going to talk about guns in a second but this is pre guns and roses really only by like a couple weeks in terms of the album coming out this is in early july of 1987 but the other cool thing about faster pussycat is they quickly even got more polluted and bluesy and dirty hair metal when their second album wake me when it's over came out which actually went gold so i'm putting them in here because they're a pretty important band uh in the field and again they were already prescient in this idea of trying to uh look and sound a little more real and again if we want to pick um if we want to pick sort of a a 70s history to all this instead of being kiss in terms of like i mean it's it's a little superficial saying glam look because of the makeup it's a whole different makeup thing they're doing but kiss in terms of those simple sort of kitty metal songs you know aerosmith is a little more the heir to the dirty metal thing uh, and an interesting thing you know new york dolls which i brought up earlier new york dolls in a look is is uh is sort of a predecessor to the regular glam thing of the you know the the glamorous glam thing of the of the sunset strip scene but musically 
they were pretty dirty hair metal because David Johansson also had a very, you know, smash mouth, um, Mick Jagger-esque, shouty style to his his vocals. They were a rough, you know, fast and loose, rude and crude sounding band. So in, in terms of their sound, uh, you know, you could say they were dirty hair metal. Okay. So moving on, number two, we move uh, a little later into uh, July of 1987 with, uh, with a little band that you might have heard of called Guns N' Roses. Uh, this is a little bit of My Michelle. Take a listen. All right, so Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses are definitely the most important band uh, in this idea of dirty hair metal. You know, everybody kind of recognized, it was a little bit of a slow burn at the start that they, hey, you know, how different really are they from your average hair metal band? You know, and I've always been one that has, you know, gotten a lot of stick for saying they were basically, I remember when it came out at the time, they were really just another hair metal band. It was a good album. It was a great album. It wasn't, it didn't deserve to sell tens of millions of copies. Great. I mean, it is, it is a really cool album. It has a lot of cool things going for it. That push and pull feel uh, that you get out of Steven Adler uh, slash as a guitarist is a very recognizable guitarist. You know, as they say, he plays a guitar like like uh, you know a man plays a woman sort of thing uh, that's one way of looking at it but also this idea that you know it feels like he's bending the guitar and, and kind of like attacking the guitar but he still has kind of a smooth sweet sound to what he's doing Axel obviously is a very strange vocalist uh, and then you've got the, the you know, the, the Izzy effect, um, you know, the old rock and roller. You've got the Duff effect, the punker from Seattle uh, idea. So you've got all these disparate elements coming together and they do create a sound that, uh, you know, the, the lyrics are kind of like all about squalor and heroin. You know, my Michelle's got heroin in it and stuff. Um, so so they do have this squalor to them. They obviously didn't dress uh, like like a, a pure hair metal band. But I mean, they had a lot of hair metal tropes to the way they dressed as well. But again, they, they were they were just, they, they were this scruffy looking, a little, little, little bit punky, dirty sound, dirty look. Um, you know, they were like the bad boy version of Aerosmith. So yes, a dirty hair metal thing kind of starts here in a big way. And the idea is that Guns N' Roses were the band that were going to save hair metal from itself. Uh, definitely, they were always sort of framed as that and viewed uh, as that by journalists. And obviously they became a massive, massive band because everybody said they were the real deal. Um, really, you look at their entire history, the way they came together, what they did, they weren't any more real than, than, than many of these other bands. Um, and that brings up kind of a big, uh, a good point here. So um, actually, before we move on to number three, let's take a, a little bit of a break and uh, hear from our sponsors. Thanks. When we dropped the first few episodes of Rock and Roll Archaeology into the feed three and a half years ago, little did we know that this telling of rock and roll history would become a pantheon of rock and roll podcasts. Since many of you first joined us on our rock and roll exploration, the halls of the rock and roll pantheon have filled 
with shows like Deeper Digs in Rock, Rock and Roll Librarian, Muses, Art of Rock with Caution Friends, Real Rock with the Reverend Andy King, Miss Pamela's Pajama Party, Vinyl Snob, and more. We are proud of this one-of-a-kind approach to an audio magazine of high-quality shows. That is Pantheon, and thank you for your support. We couldn't have done it without you, our diggers who listen to all of our shows. And now, we are excited to let you know that every show available as part of Pantheon can be found in their own podcast feed to subscribe to in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the shows you've come to love. We look forward to adding more shows to fill the halls here in our Pantheon of Rock and Roll and find them all at PantheonPodcast.com. Keep up the rocking. Okay, thank you very much. We are back again. History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff. We're moving on to song number three. So now this is uh, an interesting band. Uh, This is L.A. Guns. Well, let's take a listen and then we'll talk about it. This is L.A. Guns with No Mercy, uh, the lead track off of their debut self-titled album. Okay, so L.A. Guns, you know, the album cover of this doesn't look particularly dirty metal. The name of the band is not particularly dirty metal. It's got L.A. in it, but it has guns in it, too. Now, the reason it has guns in it, we've got Tracy Guns, and there's all this incestuous kind of birth of the band that, that crosses over a little bit with uh, with Guns and Roses. Um, but, yes, you can hear that there is a raggedness again, that this is a band that, you know, we're moving on. We're into the late 80s. Band's got to be real. They got to have some sort of rock and roll roots and tradition to them. You know, the other big thing with this band, they're bringing in a lead singer from England, Phil Lewis, who came from a band called Girl. Definitely, well, that's an interesting story too, because Girl's first album is much more of a straight glam album. Remember, they had Phil Collin from Def Leppard in the band. Very glammy album cover and a very good production to it. But the second album they made was very dirty and grungy. So they that band actually transitioned into dirty hair metal, and they're doing all this kind of in the isolation of being from the UK. But anyways... Phil Lewis is now in L.A. Guns, and basically what you have here is a band that um, that that kind of goes along with this idea of dirty hair metal in a number of ways. They get bluesy very fast. Uh, Tracy Guns is you know he's got he's got the short hair at time, the short spiky black hair. He's the bad boy. He's covered in tattoos. He's he eventually starts looking very punk rock looking. Um, but it's a band that transitions. You know Hollywood Vampires and uh, well, what's the one I love later on? Vicious Circle. I love Vicious Circle. Uh, but by that point, you know, hair metal's kind of all over, and they're and they're and they're actually getting to be a very dirty combat about of. I think they have yeah they have an album called American Hardcore, um, and so they become uh, they they almost prove 
that this idea of being a dirty hair metal band was all always in their DNA, in their roots by by the more radical and noisy records they made very uh, later on. So, you know, I, I want to put them in here because I feel that they are a legitimate band um, in terms of, you know, saving hair metal from itself again, being real. Okay, moving on. Number four in our history in five songs of quote-unquote dirty hair metal, we have Skid Row. Uh, Take a listen. This is Piece of Me off of the debut. Okay, so Skid Row, again, you know, what we have here, you know, they're they're a little bit of a manufactured band. We've got a Canadian coming into the band, Sebastian Bach. He used to be in a band called Madame X, which was kind of a radical hodgepodge, you know, punk slash Hanoi Rocks, Motley Crue sort of an affair. Um, but he's coming in here. Now, he's... He can't help it. He's a great looking guy. He's got the pretty boy, good looks. He's tall. He's thin. But he proves uh, that he is a rock and roller, a metalhead. He's coming from classic rock because he does not dress particularly uh, hair metal. Also, the other guys don't either. Um, they've got, you know, they've got their piercings and their tattoos. And, you know, they're proud of their New Jersey roots. Um, so, you know, hey, we're the lunch bucket working man. You know, forget forget all this Bon Jovi kind of put the whole thing together, blah, blah, blah thing. But they are coming from this place where they are championing and they are, you know, very self-aware that they are also kind of in this idea of we are authentic, we aren't hair metal, don't call us hair metal. Baz, I mean, he gets very upset when you call uh, him him a hair metal guy. Um, but, you know, granted, you know, I always kind of push back a little bit with Sebastian and say, well, look, the, the first album was pretty hair metal-y uh, in, a, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I think lyrically it is. It's got the big ballad on it, uh, 18 in Life. It was a massive album. I think it went five times platinum. But when, you know, listen to something like Peace of Me, it's got a little bit of the polluted blues to it. It's got a little bit of the doominess, the Diablos in Musica. Now, the other reason, though, that I want to, uh, you know, put Skid Row in here as a super important band in the idea of the dirt of dirty hair metal. Number one, they were huge. But number two, um, when it came to their second album, Slave to the Grind, they got even heavier and even further away from hair metal and faster and more polluted with the distorted guitar. And Sebastian's voice, you know, his voice does not match his looks. He looks like the most beautiful hair metal guy you can imagine, but he's got a really good, gritty, powerful voice. He's got a lot of things. He's got a lot in his arsenal. He also has the high operatic voice as well, as proven when he went into opera. I, I find that so commendable. When, when him and Paul Stan did that uh you know phantom of the opera i mean i just i was just uh you know very very impressed with uh with the fact that these guys could go do something like that it proves they're brainy dudes basically uh but no uh slave to the grind is even more authentic and legitimate and kick-ass and for that reason uh way more above the debut album and then and then even subhuman race i thought was really cool because it falls into that uh that field of 
let's even let's even kind of embrace this grungy thing and try to be a little more creative you know i might i probably will eventually do an episode on uh hair metal goes grunge or grunge goes hair metal or whatever you want to call it we'll we'll, we'll sort that out when we get to it but but that will be almost the third in the series of this uh of this led zeppelin in hair metal now we have dirty hair metal we'll have the grunge you know and another one i might do is acdc in hair metal and all four of those kind of go together Anyways, getting a little off track, let's move on to number five in our History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff. I'm your host, uh, Dirty Hair Metal. Uh, take a listen. Uh, this is my favorite band of the entire hair metal thing. I think many of you who read my books uh, know about this. You're, you're probably sick of me uh, talking about how much I love this band. Take a listen. This is Love Hate off of their debut album, Blackout in the Red Room. This is something called One More Round. So love hate. I mean, I get in arguments with people all the time. You know, th- there is something to be said in all of this history in hair metal. Well, who did it first? You know, I, I got a lot of stick, of course, uh, on an earlier episode when I'm talking about Jason Bonham being twice the drummer, three times the drummer his dad ever was. Blah 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 blah. But there, you know, and and is is can Dream Theater is Porcupine Tree way better than Rush and all this kind of stuff. Well, you know, the fact of the matter is somebody had to do it first. Guns N' Roses, in this case, did it first. Love, hate, you can say that that in some ways they feel like, uh, you know, the second coming of Guns N' Roses. But I'll tell you, they are not a second-rate Guns N' Roses. They may be the second coming, but that's because they're literally Jesus Christ-level second coming of Guns N' Roses. I love Love Hate. I think their second album, Wasted in America, is an absolute masterpiece. Please go listen to it. Track after track after track. It literally is one of the greatest albums in all of rock and roll of all time, let alone heavy metal, let alone hair metal. But anyways, getting back to what you just heard, one more round. So this is off of their debut album. It's a much lauded album. Everybody loves Blackout in the Red Room. Uh, you know, their 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 fortunes unfortunately went down because the second album, Wasted in America, didn't come out until basically hair metal was on its last legs, being swept aside by the likes of Pearl Jam 10 and, uh, you know, Nevermind by Nirvana. Uh, you know, Soundgarden's starting to do well. So basically, grunge takes over, hair metal is dead, love-hate is just a little bit late to the game. This record, uh, however, Blackout in the Red Room, uh, came out in 1990, and again, in Jizzy Pearl, you are hearing the the nasty, the the rock and roll, the, you know, um, the, 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 the kind of carnal sort of sound out of him. You're hearing a really punchy sound. The, the, you know, the lyrics are a little more uh, squalorish. They're actually very mature lyrics. That's the other thing about dirty hair metal. They aren't, they aren't just talking about, you know, ha 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 partying and all that stuff all the time. Uh, basically love hates lyrics. You know, they're, 
there, there's always a little bit of a drug undertone because again, it is looking a little bit at the dark side, hence the idea dirty hair metal. Um, so yeah, this is this album is also a masterpiece start to finish. Look at the cover art. You've got Skid's painting on the cover. You've got Skid's painting on the cover of the next one, Waste in America. Uh, you know, I even love Let's Rumble and, they, and then they start basically deteriorating at the label as the label deals get smaller and smaller, but the first two the first three albums are absolute masterpieces check out this band and yeah if you want the gateway album take the second one waste in america so i you know something i haven't done in in earlier episodes i, I just wanted to make a few notes uh you know we we've gone through our five songs thank you very much for indulging me but i just wanted to mention a few kind of honorable mentions in this whole thing so you know another band i loved that uh that represented this was uh was cats and boots with their album kicked and clawed i thought that was a great album but again you're getting la guns cats and boots faster pussycat they were all mixing together unfortunately they had an unfortunate name uh but that is a good dirty bluesy you know uh just noisy uh cool uh rock and roll kick-ass uh dirty hair metal album uh you had the likes of junkyard uh important band in this uh you have uh sea hags they only made one album so there was this uh you know this kind of offshoot that you might call uh you know, redneck or even almost southern uh, or simplified or rudimentary. You're crossing now into that ACDC in hair metal thing that was going on. I believe uh, even in Toronto here, I believe I went and saw Leonard Skinner and I think it was Junkyard or Sea Hags that opened for them. So there you get, you know, a, a real underscoring uh, that, you know, some of these bands were a little crossovery. Um, you know, and some of, some of our biggest sort of... Um, uh, what do you want to call them? Uh, you know, uh, bad boys in terms of being way too glam, the, the likes of Poison, the likes of Cinderella. All these guys went this bluesy hair metal route. I know I talked about this in the Led Zeppelin episode as well, um, but you but you had that kind of stuff going on as well. And, and you know, you even look at the, the album covers when you get to... Um, uh, what is this? Heartbreak Station uh, by Cinderella, and you get to um, Flesh and Blood. Uh, you, as you move on, you see even the album covers uh, getting a little, little less neon and a little more real, a little more glam, and and a little more, you know, browns and black and blue and that kind of thing. Um, so, so there you have it. I mean. Uh, I, I guess that's all I wanted to mention in terms of, of you know, the, the, the aside stuff. But yeah, dirty hair metal, again, the idea was we were getting more real. Maybe we can save hair metal. Maybe hair metal is changing as we move on. And it will remain a valid thing, but it didn't. It didn't really last outside of the massive blow up of Guns N' Roses for all sorts of reasons. You know, carrying the torch in through the uh, through the early '90s, mid '90s. Uh, you know, it it was a blip on the radar because basically grunge came and uh, and and swept this whole thing away. Grunge and the idea of hard alternative, more creative stuff. You know, Smashing Pumpkins, Faith No More, Jane's Addiction, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Funk Metal, whatever you want to call it, Scatterbrain. You know, remember kid joe um so there you have it let's wrap up there uh, i think this has been kind of a long episode but i had a lot of fun with it i hope you did too again this is martin popoff for history in five songs with martin popoff uh facebook me you can email me at martinp at inforamp.net you can see all my books i've written 85 odd books uh that's over they're all about rock and roll and all this stuff um actually i have one called the big book of hair metal which is a really cool book um uh, love 
love the design that that we came up with uh, with that. Um, but you can go to martinpopoff.com. All my books are there. Ordering information, PayPal buttons, blah blah blah. Thanks again for listening. This has been History in Five Songs. We will see you again next time. Looking for ways to help right the wrongs of social injustice? Oxfam America works with people in more than 90 countries to save lives, develop long-term solutions to poverty, and campaign for social change. And we do it with the help of our friends in the music world. The Beatles were Oxfam supporters back in the day. So were the Stones. And through the years, musicians and music fans have helped Oxfam push hard to work for a just world without poverty. Folks like Radiohead, Coldplay, Pearl Jam, DJ Shadow, and many, many more have encouraged their fans to join the effort. You can too. Go to OxfamAmerica.org to learn how you can help. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.